Hello and welcome to NetCast, where we are taking an in-depth approach to sharing the good news about Jesus Christ. I am your host, Mark Hatfield, and I hope that you are encouraged by these studies in the Word of God. We invite your feedback and would love to have you as a regular part of our listening audience. Please stay with us for today's message. Warning, the following material is intended for mature audiences. While this is a Bible study, the Song of Songs is written with references to sexual themes, intimate textual innuendos, and suggestive figurative language that may not be suitable for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It is recommended that you approach this book from God with pure motives and pray that His will in preserving these song lyrics can be a blessing to you. It is advisable that if you have been enjoying this podcast with young ears present, that you refrain from doing so at this time. Wait until you are in a private setting to continue. Thank you for taking this word of caution into consideration as we begin today's episode. Welcome to another episode of the NetCast Podcast. You are listening to Season 4, Episode 24 of the Love Awakening series. This message is titled, Garden Feasting. We are right in the middle, literally, of a study of the Song of Songs. Today we reach the halfway marker of this book in Song of Songs, Chapter 5 and Verse 1. And the trivia question that I presented to listeners at the close of the last episode was, what four statements beginning with the words, I have, are made by the man of our song? We will now read the passage together and discover the answer. In Song of Songs, chapter 5 and verse 1, we find, I have come into my garden, my sister, my bride. I have gathered my myrrh along with my balsam. I have eaten my honeycomb and my honey. I have drunk my wine and my milk. Eat, friends, drink and imbibe deeply, O lovers. We will explore this verse in greater detail in today's episode. Let's get started. While we have been flooded with praises from these two young people to each other, we are wondering when they will intimately fulfill their love with one another. The text seems to hide the initial moment of pleasure, but it is explained by the lover how he had been with and enjoyed the lovemaking of his bride. Not only does chapter 5 and verse 1 mark the exact center of the song, but it also shows the climax of love in these inspired lyrics. He says the word, my to show that they belong to each other, and uses a past tense, I have, multiple times to then describe the activities they have enjoyed together. The concepts that are used to describe their lovemaking, entering the garden, gathering spices, eating honey, drinking wine and milk, etc., are metaphors for their consummation of love. Their love is sweet, and the passion is overflowing in this scene of unashamed lovemaking. They are married, and the marriage bed is undefiled. The writer of Hebrews wrote in Hebrews 13 and verse 4, Marriage is to be held in honor among all, and the marriage bed is to be undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. On the opposite spectrum of a marriage that is to be held in honor, although similar language is used, we need to consider the entirety of Proverbs 7 in today's episode. This stands in contrast to pure marital love. Listen, as a young man is admonished by his father in wisdom not to be taken into temptation by a temptress, to fall into sexual sin. 
The father says, My son, keep my words and treasure my commandments within you. Keep my commandments and live, and my teaching is the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers, write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, You are my sister, and call understanding your intimate friend, that they may keep you from an adulteress, from the foreigner who flatters with her words. For at the window of my house I looked out through my lattice, and I saw among the naive and discerned among the youths a young man lacking sense, passing through the street near her corner. And he takes the way to her house in the twilight, in the evening, in the middle of the night, and in the darkness, and behold, a woman comes to meet him, dressed as a harlot and cunning of heart. She is boisterous and rebellious. Her feet do not remain at home. She is now in the streets, now in the squares, and lurks by every corner. So she seizes him and kisses him, and with a brazen face she says to him, I was due to offer peace offerings. Today I have paid my vows. Therefore I have come out to meet you, to seek your presence earnestly, and I have found you. I have spread my couch with coverings, with colored linens of Egypt. I have sprinkled my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us drink our fill of love until morning. Let us delight ourselves with caresses. For my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He has taken a bag of money with him. At the full moon he will come home. And with her many persuasions she entices him. With her flattering lips she seduces him. Suddenly he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as one in fetters to the discipline of a fool until an arrow pierces through his liver as a bird hastens to the snare. So he does not know that it will cost him his life. Now therefore, my sons, listen to me and pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. For many are the victims she has cast down and numerous are all of her slain. Her house is the way to Sheol, descending to the chambers of death. While our study is not in Proverbs, we are in the Song of Songs. There will be similar feelings and language used in both a pure and a defiled sexual act. Only one is approved by God. Again, fornicators and adulterers God will judge. The only lovers that are permitted to have their fill of love are those in a God-approved marriage. The world has lost sight of this truth, and they are living in all kinds of sexual sinful practices on a daily basis. And the saddest part is that these fornicators and adulterers do not realize that they are on a road that leads to destruction. One of the greatest challenges facing the church today in her work of evangelism is trying to reach people that are living in fornication or adultery. If you expose their unlawful sexual practices and the fact that God condemns their behaviors, many become upset and walk away while refusing to change. Their selfish pursuits in this short life on earth is more important to them than the will of God. They would rather spend the days of their life happy rather than holy before God. These issues need to be addressed in the church because many churches are tolerating such sins and allowing their fellowship to be extended to those who will not repent and bring forth fruits of repentance in these areas. These matters were not overlooked in the Bible, and neither should we dismiss them or ignore them. John the Baptist was beheaded because he told Herod that he could not have his brother Philip's wife. Mark chapter 6, verse 18. Jesus told the woman at the well that she had five husbands, but the one that she was currently with was not her husband. John chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. Paul had to address the Corinthian church and admonish them to exercise discipline on a member of that congregation because he had been with his father's wife, which is most likely his stepmother. 1 Corinthians 5, 1 through 13. 
But when two lovers enter a pure union that is honored by God, as we see in our song today, we should encourage and promote their love. Tell them to enjoy every pleasure involved in sharing love together. We are often quick to point out where a relationship might be in violation of the will of God, and rightfully so. But we should be celebrating every marriage that is pure and holy before God. And as we view the next portion of verse 1, there is an approval message for their lovemaking that seems to come from a group who has witnessed their vows and commitment to one another. This text simply puts a stamp of approval on all of their intimate activities with one another. They are being encouraged to share in passionate love with each other. While some have commented that these voices are a group of people standing outside of the marriage tent to cheer them on and wait for the consummation of love, this is simply absurd and removes the poetic license from the song. We are to learn from this text that there is nothing unlawful taking place between these two young people in this verse, because God approves, so we approve, of their intimacy. Throughout our study, we have identified the way that milk and honey are used, along with the sweet wine and a garden full of spices to describe the treasures that they each find in the other. In every case, these pleasurable foods and fancy fragrances are connected to their former eager desire and now their fulfilled intimacy. The text says, eat, friends, drink and imbibe deeply, O lovers. So you might be asking, how does this apply to our lives from a spiritual perspective? Well, there are many sweet symbols used for us coming together with the Lord in a spiritual intimacy. We are told to taste and see that the Lord is good. The words that he speaks to us are like honey, sweeter than the honeycomb. His care and concern for us is felt in his touch of love each day. There is also a special appeal that draws the Lord to win our hearts, develop a deep love, and pursue a nearness with us. The Lord takes pleasure in his bride, but our intimacy with him is not sexual, but spiritual. If we could comprehend the depth of the spiritual connection that we have with the Lord in the same way that a new husband and his bride enjoy a physical oneness, we would see the beauty of this application right away. Paul addressed this in his letter to the Corinthian church when he said that just as a man becomes one flesh with a woman when he becomes sexually intimate with her, so we too become one spirit with the Lord when we become spiritually intimate with him. See 1 Corinthians chapter 6. The fact is that our truest realization of this intimacy will not be fully understood until we enter into our heavenly union with Christ. It will be an unending bond of eternal sweetness that we share with the lover of our souls. And while we wait, we are told that if we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. This will require us to remain pure as a bride before him. See James chapter 4 and verse 8. Now let's consider our questions for today. Number one. While it often feels like such a fleshly act to enter into physical intimacy, how can we compare the physical union with the spiritual union that we have with Christ? Number two, looking back on all of the ways that the lover describes his first encounter of becoming one with his new bride, when was the last time you reflected on how it makes you feel to be intimate with your spouse? Number three, if you are unmarried, consider how sweet it will be to experience this union. Can you relate this to your spiritual relationship with the Lord? Number four, the approval of the love between the lover and his bride stem from the fact that they pursued love in a pure fashion, fostering a relationship that led to marriage and allowed for this physical pleasure to be shared between them. Can you see how this physical relationship would not receive such applause or approval if the couple had not elected to keep lovemaking in check prior to marriage. And number five, we are told of a feast that awaits us in heaven, 
Are you making preparations to be invited to the marriage supper of the Lord for His bride? Now that we have reached the end of the episode today, please accept my invitation to join me in the following study of Song of Songs, chapter 5, verses 2 through 8, in a message titled, Desperate Dreaming. Thank you for listening. Now would be the perfect time to take advantage of the special offer that is connected with the Love Awakening series. If you partner with Netcast during our fourth season, I want to send you the complete text outline of the study of the Song of Songs, but I also want to include the supplemental PowerPoint to guide you in your study. If you want to become a partner or make a donation, you can send PayPal donations using netcasthost at gmail.com or visit patreon.com forward slash netcast to learn more about how you can get on board with this podcast. If you are not in a position to support this ministry effort financially, would you please consider doing one of the following? First, please subscribe and continue to be a dedicated listener. Next, share Netcast with your friends and family and encourage them to subscribe. Finally, consider leaving a review for the podcast so that your positive feedback could encourage others to listen. Take a few moments after we sign off today to visit our website at netcasthost.com. Here you will find transcripts of the podcast on the blog. You can sign up for the free newsletter and become a member and join Netcast absolutely free. This will give you access to hidden portions of the podcast's host site, like our members forum and so much more. Don't forget to check out our social media sites on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to like and follow us there as the podcast uses these sites to keep you current on what is happening at Netcast. All new episodes are announced on these media outlets. Now before we sign off today, I want to ask you a trivia question for the next episode. In Song of Songs chapter 5 and verse 3, what two reasons does the young girl in our song offer for not getting out of bed to open the door to her lover? If you know the answer, please visit our trivia link on the website at netcasthost.com forward slash trivia. If you provide the correct answer, you could be featured on the next episode. God bless you richly in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank you.